What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the Window Canada Sports Betting Podcast. It's the Sunday special Circa Million Contest episode. First up, the Circa Survivor Selection for the Friends of the Podcast Entry. Then I unveil the five picks against the spread that we're using to chase after the big money in Circa Million. I'll highlight what the most popular picks are for everyone in the Circa Million and give my take on those. Then we take a quick look at how lines are moving this weekend and see if there's any value elsewhere in the markets. Plus the teaser bucket and the underdog money line parlay bucket. Time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. The Sunday Circa Contest special episode for week three of the NFL season. And we start with the friends of the podcast entry in Circa Survivor. We've survived the first two thanks to the Bills and the Cardinals, and in both cases, about as easy as you could want. And that first week was something of a bloodbath, with the Colts going out and the Eagles going out, which sort of gave credit to just how nervous I was that we might get knocked out in week one, both because, you know, that we also wouldn't get to the part where the friends of the window got to take their turn at picking games. But we've made it, and I'm passing the baton on for week three and for a while to not only a friend of the show, a past guest on the show, but a great friend of mine for 20 plus years, Ashish Barty. Welcome to the show, my brother. What's happening, my man? So uh, we haven't had you on since pre-pandemic as you are somewhat of a regular um, for March Madness, conference tournaments, and all of that kind of thing. And you can go back and listen to those, and we're making jokes about washing our hands and not touching our face, like just really looking like <laughs> jackasses. <laughs> and, but little did we know, right? Like there was no, you know, it's sort of whatever, as much as it was in the news, like there was no way to know that we would just not have sports for four or five months. So I think we get a pass uh, on that, but it's been a while, so it's, I'm glad to have you back. I appreciate the invite, and I also what uh, the other thing so, I appreciate is building it up so much for uh, you know just to say no pressure for week three. Well, exactly. <laughs> no, there is no pressure, right? The the pressure's all gone. Yeah, yeah. And so that leads me to actually the first question, and it's very much a theoretical question. Okay. And I haven't given you this in advance, so I'm sort of pop, popping you, uh, popping this on you. But what week is the best week to lose? do you think, in a survivor pool? There is no good week. Because <laughs> it's not... Well, if there was one, right? Because like, it's not week one, and it's not week 17. I mean, or maybe it is week 17 because you have the opportunity to hedge, right? Yeah. So, like, how far into this, I guess, is the question, before it's, like, you know, it's worth it, that this, you know, the whole experience was worth it, but we weren't so close to the end that like it really hurts to lose money because I sort of send out this email every week saying, okay, this is how many people are left in the contest, which means this is how much your share mm -hmm. is worth, right? And your share, which was $56 US, is now worth like $90 US. And it's like, it's, you know, designed to kind of keep in context that we haven't really done anything yet. And as much as you know, we can sort of think and dream about a million dollars or something like that. It's like, no, we really, we're really just losing $96 right now if we lose this week. But of course, that number grows yeah. as we go on. 
So, um, yeah, I just sort of, you know, I mean, week three would be early, I suppose. But, you know, at, at a certain point, sort of week three through like week nine, it's kind of like, all right, like we weren't really all that close. We didn't lose out all that, you know, on all that much. But at the same time, like eh, week three, week three is still a little bit early. But uh, I think you've got a pretty good and we haven't discussed this already, but I think you've got a pretty good week. Obviously, you have all but two teams to choose from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from a pressure standpoint, you know, that, that's something right there. Um, so let's just start off. And I think basically how we're going to do this is I'm going to ask you for your top three nominees, sort of a bronze, <laughs> silver, and gold type of thing. And then you tell me why you like each one of them. And I'll just sort of, as an exercise, play devil's advocate, trying to punch holes in all of them. And then after we talk about that, then you just come in with like, you know, who you think you're going to go with and we'll sort of lock it in from there. So who you got? Give me all three of them. Okay. What are the nominees? Sure. So before we get to the bronze, I thought we'd go with a participation trophy. Okay. Wow. Next one. Sure. Well, I like the Bucks this week against Denver, but the reason they didn't make the podium is simply because I think we'll get better value on them in week five or week ten. They're playing Chicago okay. and Carolina in those weeks, so I thought, you know what, being a gentleman that I am, save that for maybe someone else potentially in that week. Sure. So I thought they, you know, not quite be on the podium, but worth mentioning. ATL, I wanted okay. to get, as I'm a Falcons guy, I also wanted to get them in there, but I thought Tampa Bay would edge them out for that participation trophy. Sure, but, uh, and we've seen a little too much from the Falcons exactly, in the last couple exactly, of years. Exactly. We're going to need some time yeah. to sort of warm figure ourselves them, Let's figure them out yeah. first. So then, anyways, with the bronze pick, I have the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Seven-point favorite. Always terrifying. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I don't hate it. Seven-point favorites okay. at home against the WFT. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason they didn't make the top two for me, again, Washington, possibly an underrated team. They're kind of, you know, as they, everyone knows, they beat Philly uh, already uh, with, as underdogs. And it's terrifying when you've already sort of seen the victimization of, you know, by a team yeah. of someone, right? Like, because a handful of teams, like, I think it was like 70, 75, yeah. something along those lines, got knocked out with the Eagles. And you go, well, they could do it again. Yeah. And it's the Browns. And I mean, if your case was for not putting them at the top is they're the Browns. No. That's totally No, I literally, they're, the, they're kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. I think we'll see all year like that. We're going to see, you know, a lot of highs and lows with them. Okay. Uh, in silver, I've got the Chargers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So also uh, seven and a half point favorites at home against the Lowly Panthers. Um, but again, the reason I didn't take them as first is I thought, I mean, Survivor this year, as, as a lot of people know, it's almost like, okay, pick on the Jets here. You know, who's facing the Jets? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to say as sort of a matter of exercise as well, like, you know, name me the teams that stink. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Because when the Jacksonville Jaguars show up the way they have through the first two weeks, and of course everybody listens to this, knows that I had sort of pegged the Jags as a better team than people think. And then you go through it and you go, like, who else is out there? And you're right. Like, it's kind of just the jet, the Jets. And maybe Washington, I'd, you know, maybe Washington, but they're, yeah, they're sneaky. They're sneaky too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they do enough, you know, from a defensive standpoint uh, with the defensive line that they can knock off teams that have, you know, maybe there's a left tackle out or something. No, that's the thing, too. Like, I think, you know, this early in the season, the other, I guess you could say, disadvantage is that we don't have a huge sample size like the Raiders, you know. 
obviously yeah. underrated team as well. They're, they're underdogs again in New England this week. Um, but again, that was a stay away game for me because of that. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you, at that point, you're fading a 2-0 and o team. Yeah, and, six and you're like, yeah, I don't necessarily think the Raiders are good either. I'm, I certainly like the Patriots minus five and a half, six points this week. Mm-hmm. But from a survivor standpoint, like, we don't know enough to know that they're good in the same way that we don't know enough about, say, like, I'll use the example of the Vikings. Yeah. Like, I think the Vikings stink. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they're headed for a four and 12 type season as of week three. But am I willing to sort of make that such an opinion that I'm going to just use them as a fade? Right. Because, I mean, obviously, Survivor, there's a percentage of teams, let's say eight teams that you're going to use because they're really good. And then there's like eight teams that you're going the eight times you're going to use a team because you think the other team really stinks. And so I guess that probably leads me to your gold pick here. And I think I I think I know who it is. Yeah, so go ahead. We're taking the team that knocked out half of almost half of the pool is uh, the Colts. That's my gold medal pick this week. And I hated to use it. To yeah. be honest, I actually hated it because I'm like, am I just going to take the biggest faves of this week? You know, I don't want to be that guy. But sure, taking all things into consideration, yeah. I'm like, I also don't want to be the guy that didn't take the biggest fave and potentially, <laughs> right. you know, we may, I could see this not really needing them the rest of the year as well. I did want to mention with the Chargers, though, um, the reason, again, another reason I didn't put them as gold is because they do face the Jets in uh, week six. Very good point. And listen, when it comes to the Chargers, like, first of all, in general, completely terrifying at any given moment, right? Even with, you know, even if they were playing the Jets this week instead of two weeks from now, it's still just a completely hold your breath type of a situation the entire time, anytime you're dealing with Anthony Lynn and that group over there. And coming off of that, that almost win against Kansas City, yeah. I could absolutely see them losing this game to Carolina, a team that, yeah, they were without McCaffrey, but like they're still going to be able to move the ball, I think, against the Chargers. And from an offensive standpoint, if Tyrod Taylor is in there, you know, I think that's going to really affect how the Chargers are sort of what their attitude is in general, because like Herbert was great last week and a great, maybe a stretch, but he was very good. He was great relative to the fact that he was told he was starting the game right before the game started. And now you go back to Tyrod Taylor who had some struggles against the Bengals. I don't like the Chargers at all this week from a spread standpoint. And so once you get into the fact that I'll be on Carolina plus the points in that game. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that from a money line standpoint either. For sure. So, you know, looking at the Colts schedule, um, you know, they face the Jags near the end of the year if we make it that far. And again, like we said, the Jags are probably underrated as of now. Yeah, you don't know what we're going to get. You know, from the Jags uh, later they on face the season. Titans twice, who actually, I really like the Titans this year. Um, you know, we're going to obviously not go anywhere near those games. They face the Lions. Maybe the Bengals they play in a couple weeks could, could be something. But again, I think the Bengals too, I think we're a low sample size. And again, that's a stay away game for me this week too, Philly over Cincy, because I have a big question mark of what we're going to see of the Bengals this year, because I I think they have potential. Yeah. They're going to get, they're going to get a scalp, so to speak here uh, at some point. I don't know if it's this week, but they are going to jump up and bite somebody at some point. Yeah. So I don't know. So those are, those are my picks. I mean, obviously you're the man behind, uh, you know, our survivor team. So, I mean, we can definitely, rearrange these picks we can hash it out a bit more dive a bit deeper before we you know set it in stone no i think i think you're right when you say like you know it's one thing to kind of try to get cute 
by taking the biggest favorite on the board. But it's a different yeah. thing when that favorite is Kansas City or Baltimore, yeah. where you're really sort of, you know, and the trick is with this and whether you're doing it, you know, and part of the reason we're sort of doing this publicly is to help people in their own survivor pools, right? So it isn't just a matter of, you know, whether you're in a group like we are, you know, you could be also on your own is you can be right with your pick, but it also hurts your chances, you know, yeah. and you're responsible in this case for others, but you're also responsible for yourself if you're sort of doing this on your own and for keeping as many options open for those people or for yourself later as possible. And so beyond the obvious of saving teams like Baltimore and Kansas City, for sure. right, like it's using these kind of mid-level teams where you can and you're right, there's like one other spot that we would use the Colts later on. So mm -hmm. it's not all that exciting because I think like 95% yeah. of sure. our people are going to be on the That's Colts it. and it might just be like a walkover type week. And there are just certain weeks that are our walkover type weeks. And you know, and, you know me, like we're, we're both game theory guys. So, but yeah. I, I, it's just one of these weeks where we're like, do we, you know, go for the anti Colts and just pray our hearts out for a Colts loss. You know what I mean? Right. And are the Jets the team that you can make a case for for winning that game? And like the case for them winning the game is that it's the NFL and stuff happens. But beyond that, like there just isn't really a football case in the way that there might be for a Washington team or a Denver team or uh, who's the other one? Jacksonville, right? Where you're like, well, they do this well, right? Like they're good on the offense. They're good on defense, et cetera, et cetera. There just isn't that case. And again, they might knock us off. But if they do, they're going to knock off 95% yeah. at least, I think, just because yeah. there isn't that great of an option. And sort of some of my rules are kind of like don't take road teams. And mm -hmm. if possible, could you avoid a divisional matchup, right, where these teams are familiar with themselves, with each other, I should say. And so I think we're sort of avoiding those two things right there. And like I said, like, it's not like we're just bailing and taking Baltimore or Kansas City yeah. I mean, in this in this week. <laughs> you, kind of, you kind of have, yeah, you're in a good spot here. When, and we're going to go through all these other weeks with different people. But like, you kind of got a pretty good draw where it's like, you're not tempted into sort of bailing out with a Kansas City or Baltimore because they play each other. And you have a double digit favorite to pick from, which we haven't really had yet this season like I don't mm. believe there's been a double digit favorite at least on close that uh, that's come about this season so I think you're in a good spot from a sort of um, pressure or stress level type of standpoint uh, I've looked sort of down the line here to see some of the other options and see the other weeks and there are going to be a lot tougher weeks when yeah. it comes to just having a handful of like six point favorite type teams or you know when you're hoping maybe the Jags are playing somebody but it's like I don't know if I really want to mess with the Jags um, but in the case of the Jets right now and you listen you know and it's and the other thing is it's not going off of perception right because if we were fading the Jags or something like that we'd still be going off of like a preseason perception that just isn't real anymore but for me preseason I was like the Jets are the worst team in the foot in football I think this year and mm -hmm. so if we go out because the Jets win a road game against a team that is in the mix for a playoff spot, yeah, I can sleep at night in that circumstance, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I don't have any real you know, holes to punch through it. Um, I mean, the only hole I would say is once it hits like a 10 and a half, 11 point spread, and it's probably going to go higher, I'm going to have to take the Jets on the, on the spread just based on like, 
ritual just based on obligation, yeah. like the fact that I have to do it. And that sort of goes against my, I, you know, that I said before the season, like I'm only taking favorites if I think that they can cover this number is just so high. There's such a huge window potentially that, you know, they, the Jets could cover and we're still not stressed in any way, shape or form. So uh, I like the play. And if that's what you want to lock in, I'm down with it. Lock it in my friend. All right, there it is, folks. We've locked it in. The Indianapolis Colts are the survivor pick. Maybe not the sexiest thing we've ever done necessarily, but I think it's the right play for week three. We've already knocked out like 500 plus people in the contest. So we're sort of playing ahead of the game already. There's tons of time to go. And this thing is going to get way crazier down the stretch. Thanks very much for this, Ashish. Yeah, man, I'm hoping for lightning not to strike twice. Absolutely. In, uh, in Phil Rivers, we trust. What could possibly go wrong? There you go. Thanks again, bro. So we go with the Colts, and as expected, the Colts are the most popular pick, but not by as much as I know I, for one, would have thought, right? You go in and you see that the, you know, it's kind of obvious, right? Colts are the only double digit play here. The next closest is a seven point favorite here. And you just expect 90% of the people to take the Colts. Like it feels like a no brainer. So whether people are kind of overthinking it potentially here, or they're just kind of afraid of Phillip Rivers based on the fact that obviously the Colts losing in week one knocked off a ton of people. Only about 50% of the group took the Colts. It's about 409, it's literally 409, uh, out of 801. And so just over 50%, which is way lower than I would have thought. Cleveland with 161, New England 66, the Chargers 44, and Tampa Bay 30. The Chargers and Tampa Bay, I think, are very live to be upset uh, this week, right? I believe Cleveland is going to win the game, so I don't hate necessarily that pick. It just seems a little risky because I think, again, the Colts are a top 18 team here and you have to use them at some point, I think. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll take our chances. We'll see where it goes. Speaking of people taking their chances, some did so on Thursday with Jacksonville. 11 participants took Jacksonville to in their survivor pick. And to me, that's insane and completely unnecessary. So uh, already have 11 people knocked out before even Sunday rolls around. So that's you know great news and surprising news pretty much across the board. Um, as for Circa Million, here are the five plays that we're going with this week. The record is 7-2-1. and one. There's one single solitary person at 10-0. and 0. Obviously, you know, obviously, it's sort of too early to sort of worry about you know, where you are in the standings, right? Because everybody is so bunched up. Like, we're going to need to be in, like, week 10 before we even sort of entertain the idea of being in 38th place, 273rd place, 1561st place, or anything like that, right? The important number right now is to be above 60%, right? So if as long as you're above 60%, you can sort of feel like you're in the mix. And of course, at, you know, 7, 2, and 1 here, which is essentially 75%, right? 7.5 points out of 10, you know, we're still very much in the mix here. So uh, for me, here are the plays. This is what I'm going with this week. Chicago plus three and a half against Atlanta. Again, people love betting on Atlanta even still. You got Dan Quinn with just a horrific 
uh, record as a favorite. I think the Bears, all you're hearing about the Bears this week is that they're a fraudulent 2-0, and that might be the case, but they don't have to go to 3-0 for us to win this bet. They just have to keep this close. I think it's a mash unit on the defensive side for the Falcons, a team that wasn't very good in the first place defensively, and I think Trubisky and the Bears can run the ball and can do just enough against that sort of beat-up unit especially in the back end for the Falcons, where I think this game's going to be close. I think the Bears have a very real chance of winning this game outright. The only favorite that I'm playing this week is Philadelphia minus four and a half. Admittedly, I don't understand what's going on with this line. I don't know why it's four, four and a half. I don't know why it moved down to four. Uh, this is a full eight point swing from where this line was two weeks ago. And nothing that I've seen, well, I shouldn't say nothing, Nothing that I've seen from the Bengals would have me indicate that they're any different than they were sort of perceived to be two weeks ago. Eagles, sure, maybe, fine. But that's based on, again, as I mentioned on the Friday podcast, about a, a game and a half's worth of information here. So for me, I think we're getting quite the discount on Philly. Uh, it's a it's clearly a play that not a ton of people are necessarily in love with if the fact that the number has gone down from that four and a half. Fortunately, I don't think four, four and a half is all that key of a number these days. And so I don't, you know, it doesn't bother me that we're giving up the half point from having this move down. In fact, I prefer that it's sort of less desirable to people out there. Uh, then the big sort of section of the day is going to be the four o'clock games. We are rolling with three underdogs that the public does not care for. The Detroit Lions plus five and a half, the Carolina Panthers plus six and a half, and Denver plus six. All plays that are, you know, very contrarian. You know, I don't want to say like, this is the week that we make our big move here, but I you know, again, and I could be way wrong. We could go 0-5, and, and that's certainly a possibility out there if we do, and we are, what, 7-1 seven, seven through, <laughs> through three weeks. We'll sort of pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off here. But these are plays that I think have a very real chance of covering. I wouldn't want to be on the other side, and the fact that other people seem to like the other side makes them even more attractive to me. So that's where I'm going with those. Uh, the last cuts. Listen, the, nobody likes the Jets, right? Nobody likes a lot of these teams, right? We talked about how stinky this week was going to be, so it shouldn't surprise you that the five circuit picks are pretty stinky ones as is. Nobody likes the Jets. I thought about taking the Jets at plus 11 and a half. Turns out it's the lowest volume selected game. It's about even on either side, Colts and Jets, but it's the lowest selected game. So nobody wants to be involved with this game. And I think I'm going to probably end up potentially regretting it because I do think that the Jets end up staying under this number. Obviously, we just talked about the Colts being the survivor pick, so hopefully it's not too stressful from that standpoint. If we could find a nice little middle ground here with maybe a late Jets touchdown to have the Colts win by 10, that would be perfect. Uh, I certainly will be betting the Jets, and, and frankly, it probably bet a better number than 11 and a half here. Uh, the closest one to actually making the cut for me, though, was the Minnesota Vikings at plus two and a half. Now I talked about sort of making the case for the Vikings as a massive contrarian play. 
And when I, you know, you, you can pick out which ones are the contrarian plays. And then the second level is, can you make a case for them? And I felt like I could make a case for the Vikings. I'm just not quite there relative to sort of how much I like some of these other plays, right? They literally are kind of the sixth best play on my board here. And, you know, it's... It's not to say that it's too early to kind of go against the grain here because I think we're going against the grain on a couple of these other plays. It's really more just like, you know what? I can get three betting it. I will do that. Again, I'm sure I'll kick myself when Minnesota wins this game outright and I go, man, you could have really made a move on all of the people that are probably going to take Tennessee. Um, other, you know, close calls, New England minus six and a half. If the number was five and a half, I'd do it. But again, just a bad number relative to the contest. Uh, the Giants plus three and a half. Um, you know, it's getting a little too public. Obviously, a lot of people on the, uh, you know, on the Giants after the 49ers injuries uh, and that kind of stuff. And then sort of way down the line, never really in contention, but worth mentioning is Houston plus four, uh, certainly grabbing them plus four and a half in a meaningful way today. Um, as for the other games, Cleveland minus seven, Dallas plus four and a half, New Orleans minus three and a half, Baltimore minus three and a half, and Buffalo minus two and a half. We're all sort of, you know, on the list just because they're on the game list but beyond that not worth a play for me um or even really in any way you know nowhere near um being involved for the contest so the most popular picks for circa million this week green bay obviously people you know still loving green bay we've talked about how you know that number being three and a half especially in this contest is very enticing for the people on green bay i personally think that new orleans wins and covers uh, minus three, and of course, you know, if they're going to actually win and cover, they're going to need to <laughs> win by four points. Um, so that's sort of in line with where I'm going. I should say, like, it's the opposite of where I'm going, which is what I want it to be. Um, next up, New England, popular play there. Um, I'm on that same side, so I can see why that would be popular. Obviously, I just mentioned how the line being a point a little too high relative to what the real line is here. You know, obviously that's not deterring some from just banging away at the Patriots here. Um, so dream scenario, of course, is the Patriots win exactly by six so that I still catch cash my New England minus five and a half and the plus six and a halfs in the contest get there and, you know, give a loss, you know, a X to all of the people who took New England minus six and a half. Then there's the two that are in direct opposition with mine. And listen, I dislike having the same side as any of these top five most popular plays because I don't really have a high respect for the most popular picks in these contests, right? This is no longer a sharps only contest, right? Everybody and their dog gets into the, whether it's the super contest or the circa million. And there are plenty of weeks where the most popular plays go 0 and 5 or 1 and 4. And personally, I think this is one of those weeks. So Arizona and Atlanta are two popular plays that I am thrilled to see on this board. I will happily go to war with Detroit and Chicago in these spots to try to take that down. And of course, the fifth most popular is Tennessee. And again, I'm a little surprised it's only the fifth most popular given sort of all the love that Tennessee is somehow getting and really more all the hate that Minnesota is getting. And believe me, I understand it. I think Minnesota stinks, but I think Minnesota wins this game today. And, you know, for me, I'm glad to see that many people on Tennessee. So that way, even if Minnesota does cover, I'll cash my ticket. And if 
and a ton of people will miss out on that point. So um, a lot of movement that can be sort of made here when you see some of these popular picks going directly against where I think they should be. And a couple of the other ones that are, you know, remember we sort of mentioned the other ones that aren't necessarily the five most popular, but they are the most lopsided in that they are over two thirds, you know, one side or another. And two games fall into that category, the Giants, right? People are loving the plus three and a half, the 49ers are all injured, right? They're loving the Giants. And again, I'm glad I didn't take the Giants for that reason because I wouldn't be making up the ground, you know, relative to the field that I would want to be making up here. So, you know, again, I get why the Giants love is there. That number's down to three in a lot of spots right now. So that makes a ton of sense for me. Tampa Bay is the other one that got a ton of uh, love relative to Denver, right? So again, I'll happily be on the one third or less side with Denver and everybody can have their Tampa Bay here at uh, at minus six. I don't understand why that number is at minus six. That should be two, three points lower than that. Um, again, simply put, is Tampa Bay really any different from Tennessee? Tennessee was a two and a half or a three point favorite at Denver. Um, nothing else for me has changed, right? They didn't have Von Miller back in that, in that game. They didn't have Cortland Sutton back in that game. They had Drew Locke, but I don't think Drew Locke is any different from Jeff Driscoll. In fact, Jeff Driscoll in the short term might be better off. So that's the story. I'm really actually quite pleased to see the, you know, how the picks have broken down here, whether it's Survivor with how relatively few people took the Colts, given kind of how no-brainer-ish I think that is. And obviously, you know, the top five and sort of most popular plays in Circa Million going in contrast to what I've got. I am thrilled to see that as well. So next up, we're going to take a quick break here. It's everything else that's going on with the board for Sunday. Quick break to tell you about our favorite Las Vegas proxy team, Maddie and Tony, over at footballcontest.com. They make the sign-up process so easy, and having used their service for almost 10 years now through the evolution of the contest scene, they are 100% reliable, true professionals. If you're enjoying this ride we're on with the Circa Million, and you want to try your hand at competing with some of the best NFL cappers in the world next year, go to footballcontest.com or check them out on Twitter at football contest contest signups will start back up pretty soon after the season so start planning your trip now tell them you came by the window all right we're gonna wrap things up here uh live on the golf course at deer creek in beautiful ajax ontario uh, at the mike gregoire memorial golf tournament before the football gets cranked up here this afternoon so you know what we're not going to take a ton of time here because all of these line moves this morning are pretty similar to kind of what we thought they were going to be right the patriots are up to minus seven really minus six and a half seven with no juice uh you know we looked and we we're looking for the rams and the bills right and have that line come down uh which it has and so we were able to get minus 120 even better than that on the money line uh, Houston has taken some money, have come down from four to three and a half. Uh, no real movement with the 49ers and Giants. The surprising move is that we haven't seen more in the way of the Titans, you know, as we look for an even number here with the Vikings. Then there's Washington and Cleveland. Hasn't really moved all that much at all. 
Then we get into the Cincinnati and Philly game. And again, Philly's taken a little bit of money here to get to five and a half. And then, you know, which is exactly what we expected, right? We're hoping, you know, I didn't really understand why that was ever got to minus four. So hoping that that money, you know, indicates that we were on the right track thinking that minus four was too low. Uh, Bears and Falcons. This one's actually the surprising one in all of this, as this number's come through three, which is great news if, you know, if betting was just simply closing line value, you know, going from four to three and a half, where we have it in the contest, down all the way through three to two and a half is tremendous, right? But of course, you still got to play it out on the football field. So all we can do right now is be happy that we're getting some closing line value there. The Jets up to 12 and a half point underdogs. Don't know that we're going to ever see 13, but that's fine. Uh, and then the four o'clock games, Carolina six and a half, Detroit down to five, Tampa Bay down to five and a half point favorites. Again, sort of moving in our direction, which is fine by me. Surprising one, Seattle moving up a little bit more to five and a half. Will we see six? Who knows? We'll sort of check that out. And of course, the Saints have moved up to three and a half point favorites. Kind of where we thought this was going, given you can sort of track the juice and see that moving forward. So, you know, we're adding where we can add, especially with regards to, you know, the bills, right? We kind of weighted that out to make sure that we didn't have to worry about any sort of, you know, minus one, minus two, that sort of thing. Grabbing the money line. Hopefully that can work out for us in the end. Um, as for totals, you know, for props, just, the you know, life got in the way yesterday. Um, had some things I had to take care of on a personal note. So didn't get around to, especially with all the college football going on, didn't get around to really pouring through the props. And I'm not just going to start throwing things around, you know, kind of willy-nilly just, you know, to have something on the board. I do have a few totals and kind of more than I thought that I would for today. Las Vegas and New England, I think this thing is a far slower pace than what you know the number would indicate here at 47 so give me the under 47 there san francisco and the giants as long as it stays above 42 at right now it's 43 i'd go under there i know it's kind of terrifying to hit unders this day and age in the nfl right high scoring all that kind of stuff tons of overs hit yesterday uh washington and cleveland it's sitting around 45 right now this one again i just think this one should stay under a little bit right with washington getting a ton of pressure on Cleveland. I think that can slow down that offense to a degree. And I'm still not what buying what the Washington football team is selling from an offensive standpoint. On the flip side, we got Cincinnati and Philly at 46 and a half. I think that goes over, right? I don't think much of either defense. And I think both teams move the ball. And I think you're gonna get a good offensive performance from Philly there. And then finally, Sunday night, 52 and a half. I like the under in that one. Obviously with some key wide receivers potentially being out, Still no word on Adams for sure. Uh, obviously, I think that hurts both offenses. And both defenses are a little bit better than I think they're getting credit for. So uh, apologize for the audio. Again, a little blustery day here out on the course. Um, should be done here. Not, we're not proud of our score right now. But uh, we should be done here shortly and comfortably home in time to get the screens fired up for the games. Uh, and hopefully, you know, we've done enough this week with regards to getting the best of the number here and there so that we can have another successful week. Uh, so that's it. That's a wrap. Um, let's do this. Let's get, let's get that money on Sunday. 
That's the word on this Sunday morning. Best of luck out there today. Stay disciplined and let's make some money. Please pass the podcast on to other NFL fans and betters back on Monday to break it all down. Till then, I'll see you at the window.